Remain standing with me as we go to the Word of God today. As we get into this special Father's Day message, I just want to let you guys know that it's Father's Day, but you may not even be a father. Maybe you're a mom, maybe you're not even a parent. So to make this message applicable to you, all the principles that I'm going to speak about today to the fathers apply to anyone in life. So don't think that today is not your day either. Let's pray. Father, bless this word as we open up your word right now. Your word is sharper than a double-edged sword. Your word is a lamp to our feet, a light unto our path. And there are many of us here now or listening online that we need that light. We need that word. We need that direction, Lord. So, Father, anoint this room today with your presence. Anoint me, Father, to speak your word in Jesus' name. 1 Samuel chapter 30, beginning at verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 30, beginning at verse 1. The word of God says, Three days later, when David and his men arrived home in town of Ziglag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Nevivas of Ziglag. They crushed Ziglag. They burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could not weep no more. David's two wives, now I want you to notice something, his two wives were captured. David was now in great danger because all the men were being bitter about losing their sons and daughters and they began to talk about stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord. David found strength. How many need some strength in this life right now? You need some strength right now. Then he said to Abathar the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after these band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord said to him, Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. What if God told you right now, you will recover. Whatever the enemy has taken from you. Because I wonder this morning, how many of you have been attacked by the enemy and he's taken something from you. And it was here that David inquired of God and God told David, go after them, don't give up, chase them, for you will recover what was lost. And I want to speak to you this morning on the title... Why fathers lose. Why fathers lose. Let's pray one more time. Father, bless this word. Speak to us clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. As we talk about this subject, why fathers lose. 
There's no doubt in my mind that fathers today are losing. We're losing our families, we're losing our marriages, we're losing our jobs, we're losing our health. We're losing so much that God never intended for us to lose. See, David was a great man. And David was a great king, he was a great warrior. And David sought out, he went out for four years, David went out in battles and wars with his armies. And he battled because he wanted to be successful. See, when you went out to war, you went out for many reasons. One of those reasons you went out to war was for plunder. Plunder was material possessions. It was gold. It was silver. It was money. It was, it was things that were tangible. So you went out to war for plunder. Oftentimes you went out to war for success because if you won that war, that success earned you a great reputation. And if you had a great reputation, therefore people would then accept you. You see, so what David was really after was money, success, power, acceptance. Let me say that one more time. Money, success, power, and acceptance. And David got it. Every battle that David fought, he conquered. So David had a lot of success in the battlefield. David had a lot of success among his warriors. His reputation was getting bigger. He was impressive. He was envied. And people knew that David was a mighty warrior. He was a mighty man of valor. He was a great man. And he was winning in all these areas of his life. But you see, as David was winning in the area of success and winning in the area of money and reputation and acceptance. All that time, David had no idea why he was winning in one area of this life. He was losing in another area. And that area was the most important area for his life. That area was his wife, his home, and his children. So while David was successful in the battlefield, he was failing at home. And while David was successful in the battlefield and he was a great warrior, he was a terrible father. He was a great king, but a horrible husband. So while David was successful in this area of his life, he had no idea that the enemy was in the other area of his home, attacking his, his family, his wife, his children, his entire household. And David went back home with success. David went back home with money. David went back home with a great reputation. But David went back home to have no home at all. David realized, I was fighting the wrong battle. I should have been at home more. I should have protected my children. I should have been there for my wife. But I was so distracted by money and power and success and reputation that I lost my home. And sadly, this is the case with too many people and fathers today. We are so caught up as men 
to have a great reputation. We're after acceptance. We were, we're after approval. We want the money. We want the house. We want the cars. We want the friends. We want the clothes. We want people to look at us and say, what a great man. But you cannot be a greater man than a great father. There is no greater man than a great father. So maybe you're a man that says, well, I haven't had success. And I don't have a good reputation. And I don't have all the things that I could have provided. But if you've been there for your children, and you've developed a great reputation at home, and you've been a great spouse, you are the greatest man that ever lived on earth. It doesn't matter that you didn't go to college. It doesn't matter that you couldn't buy this or buy that. If you have given it your all for your home, God says you are to be honored. But see, David didn't get that. Just like a lot of men don't. David, like many men today, they might be great in one area of their life. They're great at work. They're great around their friends. They're great to other people. They're impressive. They're successful. They're warriors. They're strong. And yet many men today and fathers alike are losing their home. They're losing their wives. They're losing their children. And while they're distracted by everything else in this world, the enemy is attacking their home and dad's not around. Too many fathers like David may be strong and impressive and have many accomplishments. But it's like David would realize, I hope you realize today, it is not worth losing your home. It is not worth losing your spouse. It is not worth losing your family to go off and go after what's not important. We're distracted today. Fathers and mothers and people alike are so distracted that we seem to be after everything else that doesn't matter. And we're distracted. So I want you to understand something that the Bible says here. The enemy attacked, but notice what he attacked. His home, his wife, and his kids. In other words, the enemy went after his home, his marriage, his children. Home, marriage, come on, say it with me. Home, marriage, children. Why did the enemy choose the home, the marriage, and the children? I don't think it's a coincidence that the enemy went after the home, the marriage, and the child. Because those, ironically, are the three areas that God has called men to be leaders of. Those are the three, the only three areas in the Bible that God has said men are to lead and be the example and the authority is the home, in the marriage, and in the children's lives. And that is the exact area the enemy went after. And the enemy made it so easy to attack the home, the marriage, and the child. 
Because dad wasn't there. He was out getting the money. He was out getting successful. He was out getting the reputation. All while he was losing the battle at home. The home, marriage, child. Men, those are your three responsibilities as men. You are responsible for your home. What happens in your home? You are responsible for your marriage. You are responsible for your kids. But like David, we are so distracted that when you have distraction, you have neglect. And when you have neglect, you ultimately have destruction. Let me say that one more time. Any area where you have distraction, you will have neglect. And when that area is neglected, ultimately that area is destroyed. That applies to fathers, mothers, anyone here. All the enemy needs to do is distract you to get you to neglect the responsibilities you have with God. And if I can neglect this, ultimately it will be destroyed. David never imagined coming home to no home. David never imagined losing his wife. David never imagined losing his children. Because oftentimes, men don't realize what they have paid for until it's cost them. And we don't realize until it's too late when it's gone. Can I get a witness today? As men... We are to be leaders in the home, in the marriage, and in our children's lives. Men are called to be leaders, providers, protectors, examples. But too many homes today have absent fathers. One in every four homes have an absent father. That's 19 million kids in America have no father. And we're neglecting our responsibilities as men. And it's truly sad because I believe that God gave me this example a few weeks ago. My coffee maker broke. It was like demonic. The devil attacked me that day. Because my coffee maker was broken and I need my coffee. What's sad is that my coffee maker was there. But my coffee maker didn't work. And it didn't matter that my coffee maker was there. If it didn't work, it was just taking up space. See, I believe that the problem is not just the absent father. I believe it's the present father who's not working and doing his part to be a father. There's the absent father and there's the father that's just taking up space and doing nothing. Which one are you? There's no point if you're not doing what you've been called to do. And God has called you to be the leaders of the home, the leaders in your marriage, and the leaders upon your kids. God desires fathers 
to step up and fight for what matters most, your home. God desires for us to take the initiative and the leadership role, not just to be there, but to be there as models and examples and imitators of Jesus Christ. We're to be protectors and providers and teachers so that when our children grow up, they know exactly what fatherhood is because they saw it in you. You're supposed to lead with love. You're supposed to lead with integrity. You're supposed to lead with respect. Because every father will have to give an account to God. Because children are a gift from God. And God is holding you accountable to that very precious gift He gave you called your son or your daughter. The problem is our focus, like David, is off. My question to everyone here, everyone, fathers, single moms, single singles, let me ask you this question. What are you really after? Think about that. What are you really after? What's life really all about? You need the right focus. Because if you don't have the right focus, you're wasting your time. A few years ago, I went hunting with my brother Danny, who's here today. Where is he? And Danny and I were hunting acres of land, huge land, after some deer. Danny wasn't around. I didn't know where he was. And Danny had walked for like two hours. For miles. He's laughing because he knows. About to put him out there. And Danny was tracking. And being quiet and walking slowly. And he said that he saw this amazing buck. Huge. From a distance. So my brother made the effort and he said, I'm going after that buck. So for hours he walked through the hot sun. For hours he went through the mud. For hours. And right when he was up about to take the shot, it was a tree trunk. (laughs) It was not a deer at all. That's what wrong focus looks like. Because while he was hunting down this tree trunk, right next to him, true story, was a herd of deer that he missed. Because his focus was on the wrong thing. Man, that's what's going to happen to you. When your focus is in the wrong thing, understand that when my focus is on the wrong thing, automatically my focus is not on the right thing. One more time. If my focus is on the wrong thing, automatically that positions me for my focus to be not in the right things. So while David was focused on the armies and the money and the success and the reputation and winning and winning and winning, he was not focused on what really mattered, his responsibility as a godly man, his home, his wife, his child. 
And the enemy was attacking. And David got home. And when he saw his home gone, when David saw his wife gone, and when David saw his children gone, no amount of success, money, power, reputation, acceptance mattered. And I don't have to ask, I know that there are men here today that say, Pastor, I've been there. If I can go back and not go after what I was going after, and if I would have been a better father to my home, my spouse, and my children, I would trade it all in for a second. I got a witness tonight. See, I believe that a lot of fathers are not only neglecting their responsibilities, but because of that, single mothers have to take on that responsibility, responsibility that God never intended for women to carry. And now they have to. God created man and woman to be suitable helpers, but today it seems like the women are doing all the work and the helping. And there's something wrong with that picture. And this is why I believe, like David, many fathers are losing. David wept because he realized at that moment, in verse 8, he prayed and he was weeping, the Bible says. He was weeping because there was shame, there was guilt, there was regret. He knew that he had made the wrong investment. He had gone after the wrong thing. He was fighting the wrong battle. He should have been at home. He should have been a better husband. He should have been a better father. But he made the mistake of going after the wrong thing. And in that guilt, he realized none of it was worth it. And notice, David... He went to the Lord. Let me explain something to you. If you feel like you're a father that is lost, if you feel like you're a single mom that's losing, or a single person that's losing, get back to God. That's the first thing David did. He went back to God. I want to give you the three steps to recovery. No, there's 12 steps. That's the wrong type of recovery. I'm talking about the three steps to recover whatever you've lost in your life that matters. You guys want them? Yeah. If you're tired of losing, number one, let's go to verse four. David wept until they could weep no more. And I think God has given me a heart of stone or something because people read this and they go, oh, poor David. He had no strength. He was hopeless. I'm not going there today. I want to preach to my tough folks. Where are my tough folks at? Where are my tough moms at? 
My tough dad, Zach. Come on. All right. David, number one. David wept till he couldn't weep anymore. Number one, stop whining. There comes a point that David couldn't cry anymore because there is a point that you have to stop crying. In other words, you need to stop living your life every day crying about your past, your mistakes, your regrets, your guilt, your shame, what you should have done, what you could have done. That's where the devil wants you. But if you want to recover and get what the devil has taken, you need to stop your crying, your whining and complaining. Stop your crying and get with God. Because crying is not wrong, but it shouldn't be forever. And I say this with love. Crying will never change your life. Crying will never get your family or your life restored. And stop thinking so much about your sins, your mistakes, your past, all of that. Because if you want to recover, you need to change your focus. It's all about focus and perspective. And if your focus is on your weaknesses, your past, your failures, your shortcomings that just make you cry, you will never get to the place where you can take back what the enemy has taken from you. Man up! Stop your whining! Because no one got anywhere by crying about it. But my childhood. But my dad wasn't there. Your past has nothing to do with your future. Let me say that one more time. Your past has nothing to do with your future. And if anything, let me give you an example. My father did not grow up with a father. My father had stepfathers. He didn't have an example. But my father is the greatest father that I can say has ever lived because, if anything, your past or your lack thereof should motivate you to be what your father wasn't. So that's not an excuse. It should motivate you to say, I will not be my father. I will not raise my child the way I was raised. David cried till he couldn't cry anymore. Come on, men. Look at your neighbor right now. Nudge him and say, stop your whining. Come on. And if you don't like this message, it's because you're a whiner. Am I right? The real men are like, yeah! They're like Braveheart, come on! Gladiators! Philippians 3.13 Paul said, Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Can we just say amen for honesty? Paul said, I'm not there yet. If anyone wants to stand here and say they've made it, they've achieved it, they're exactly where they want to be in their life, get out of my church. I don't want liars. Get out. 
Because you are lying to yourself. Men, you haven't achieved it. You're not there yet because if you're alive, God's not done. So Paul says, I'm not there. Thank God I'm not where I used to be. But David said, I mean, Paul said, brothers, first you have to be honest with yourself. I haven't achieved it yet. I'm not there yet. But I, say that word with me, focus. What do you focus on right now? Paul said one thing I focus on. One thing. One thing to change your life forever. Forget the past. Look forward. One thing. How easy is that? One thing. Forget the past. And look forward. That's why God has you in a church called Forward. Because God has ordained for you to move on. Stop your focus on your past. Verse 14. I press on. That word press means to press on amongst pressure. Because let me tell you, you're going to move on, you're going to move forward, but there's going to be opposition. I press on. That word press literally means pressure. How many men do I have today under pressure? But I press on. Why? Because I want to reach the end of my race. In Jesus' name, you're going to reach it. You stop your crying. Change your focus. Keep reaching. I love how God refers it to a race. Why? Because in any race, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. That's why God refers to life as a race. Because maybe in life you've been off to a bad start. But my question to you is, how are you going to finish? That's up to you. Are you going to get the prize? Stop crying. My cousin growing up had a bully. That as he rode his bike home, the bully would meet him in the street and push him and beat him up. And my cousin didn't really grow up with a good father figure. My father stepped into his life. And as my cousin went home, crying, expecting a hug and a band-aid, my dad grabbed him. Uh, my dad has bear claws. He has bear paws. So imagine my dad grabbing this little boy and looking him straight in the eye and said, listen, punch him in the nose. Punch him hard. He'll never mess with you again. But I'm scared. And he said, oh, come here. If you don't beat him up, I'll beat you up when you get home. So either way, someone's getting beat up today. Wouldn't you know, he punched him straight in the nose and that man, that bully never bothered him and actually feared him. I believe God is like, 
our Heavenly Father and we're like the whiny child and God grabs us and says, listen to me. Stop your crying and start your fighting. Fight for what you want. Fight for what you know is yours. We need tougher people today. Yeah, life has beat you up. Yeah, like David, you want to sit and cry and have a pity party and just be full sorry for yourself. But if there came a point where David could not cry anymore, shouldn't there be a point where you stop crying? See, I love that God said it. It's not how you start. How are you going to finish this? So David... The tears were gone. And David said, now what? And David had no friends, no one to help him. But he remembered God. And he went and got alone with God. Number two, verse six. Steps to recovery. David was in great danger. Because all the men were bitter about losing their sons and daughters and they began to talk about stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord. What people don't know about this is that for four years, David had betrayed God. For four years, David was just after battles and after his own thing. He neglected God. But see, David realized that because of his neglect of God, it caused him to neglect his home, his wife and his kids. And before David made the assumption to go after his children, after his wife and rebuild his home, the first thing he did was went to God first. Because without God, there is no home. Without God, there is no great marriage. Without God, there are no godly kids. So before you have that desire to get your family back, to get your home back, to raise godly kids, the first thing you need to do is get back to God. God needs to be first in your life again. Four years of distraction because all the enemy needs to do is distract you to get you to neglect your responsibility, make your wrong decisions, and destroy your destiny of God. So David went back to the Lord. Imagine that conversation. Lord, uh, it's been four years, I know. And I've been distracted, but Lord, I'm, I'm in trouble. And God spoke to him. Because when you come back to God in humility, he will reveal himself to you. God didn't say, oh, now you need me. Oh, now that you're in trouble. No. He just went to God and said, Lord, I need help. I was distracted. I lost my family. I lost my kids. I lost my marriage, my home. Every I'm a mess. God, what do I do? And the Bible says that David heard God speak to him and say, you'll recover. What if God is telling you that right now? You're going to get out of this. You're going to recover what the enemy has stolen. In other words, David heard God tell him, hey, it's not over. 
And you can get back what you lost. You lost it. But you can get it back. Come on, you can get it back. But I love it because God didn't just give it to him. David had to fight for it. We need to stop approaching God asking him to give you something and say, Lord, give me the strength to fight for it. Give me the strength to earn it. Give me the strength to endure it. But we're a give me, give me culture. But God didn't just give him his family back. He said, oh, you're going to recover, but it's going to take time. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take work. And you're going to be in the fight of your life. Men, we need to fight for what matters most. And be willing to say, Lord, whatever it takes. Because the Bible says that David found strength in the Lord. Why? Because the strength that you need in crisis is not going to be the strength in your job, the strength in your money, the strength in your hobbies, the strength in your pleasure. It's only the strength in the Lord. It's a supernatural strength to accomplish what you cannot accomplish outside of yourself. Do you need the strength of God today? David would recover because God would fight for him. God would be with him. But before God can fight for you and be with you, you need to get with God. That makes sense? Four years for David. How long has it been since you've truly gone under the authority of God and said, Lord, I need your strength? Because if not, you will never be able to fight on your own. See, when I was a kid, I'll tell you what happened to me. I was a kid. I was a good, innocent, godly child. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? And one day, my brother and friend and myself, we went, we went to the park with his grandmother. She was just take us out to go play basketball, whatever. And my parents had gotten me this brand new basketball. I'll never forget it. And as... I'm walking across the field. I remember like it was yesterday. I was walking across the field to go drink some water. These three bigger kids showed up. I think they were like in college. No, they're not. They were like in middle school, but I was in elementary school. But they might as well have been college kids because they were bigger, they were stronger, they were scarier. And all three of them came up to me and said, give us that ball. And I said, no. And they said, if you don't give us that ball, all three of us are going to jump you and you know, beat you up. And I remember that my parents taught me, always strive for peace, but if not, go to war. Defend yourself. But here's the problem. It was three against one. But I knew I was not going to give up my basketball. And I knew then and made a decision. I said, you know what? I'm going to lose my ball regardless. But if I lose my ball, it's not going to be because I gave up. So I remember putting my ball down. They were all confused. And I did one of these. 
And I kid you not, right when I did this, all three of them, their eyes were this big. And I was like, oh, yeah. Come on, let's go. And I'm so confident. And they were backing up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was cracking knuckle. Oh, come on, let's go. And you know what happened? They weren't scared of me at all. It's because at that time, my father came to pick me up. He saw what was happening. And this giant bear was running. And they saw him coming. So it wasn't me that they were afraid of. It was my dad who had my back and would fight for me and protect me. It was never me. See, that's what God says. You know, people say, oh, the enemy is scared of you. No, he's not. The devil is a lot bigger and stronger than you. But the reason he should fear you is because he fears God who's with you and is fighting for you. And he has your back. So much that at the sound of the name of Jesus, every demon in hell trembles. So don't you walk around with fear and anxiety and panic and put your arms up and say, bring it on, devil. I may lose. I may get hit sometimes. I may go down, but I'm not giving up. Because I think the devil wants your basketball, whatever that is. Fight back. How to recover. David said, Lord, should I go after them? What kind of question is it? Should I go after my kids and my wife? But David was letting God know, you're first in my life again. Verse 16 and 17, the Bible says, David came back, so David led. So he led David to them, and they found the Amalekites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy. Why? Because I believe today the enemy, Satan, the devil, he is rejoicing and dancing and overwhelmed with enthusiasm over the struggle you're in. Because he actually thinks he's won. Imagine as the enemy is dancing and singing and eating and having a time of a life because they feel like they are victorious. But all of a sudden, this lonely, discouraged, weak man shows up. And the enemy says, who's that? That's King David. What's he doing here? And David looks at that enemy and said, You won for a season. You took it from me for a while. But this ends right now. And I'm getting my family back. And I'm getting my home back. And those children are mine. And the Bible said that David, when he found the Amalekites across the fields, eating, drinking, and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah, notice this in verse 17. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout the night, the entire next day until evening. 
all day, all night, even the day after. You know how hard and difficult and tired they were? But they kept fighting. And they kept fighting. And just when they thought they couldn't, they kept fighting. Man, I want you to keep fighting. Keep fighting, but I'm tired. Keep fighting, but I'm discouraged. Keep fighting, but I'm hopeless. Keep fighting, but I feel like giving up. Keep fighting, but no one's with me. Keep fighting, but I'm lonely. Keep fighting. Why? Because God is fighting with you. And God said, you will recover. You will get out of this. But you need to keep fighting. And there came a point that they won. They looked back and they said, did it. They're covered in blood and sweat, their tire clothes ripped up, no strength, and they said, we did it. And that day was a day that those children knew, Dad loves me. And that day was the day those wives knew, I have a good husband. I have a good dad. Because he's fighting for me. Fight for your kids. But pastor, I'm down right now. But you're not out. Fight for them. Come on, man. Come up to this altar. All the fathers up here. We pray for these fathers today. Come on. Go after them. These are men that are at war right now. These are men that the enemy is attacking their responsibilities. Their home, their marriage, and their children are at war. But these are men that I declare are not going to cry anymore. These are men that are going to put God first again. And these are men that are going to fight the fight that matters, the fight for your home. And you're going to go after what matters most is those kids. Father, in Jesus' name, can we all extend a hand to these dads today? Father, these are fathers that don't feel like good fathers. Some of these fathers feel like okay fathers. But regardless, all of these men are fathers. Fathers with a past. Fathers with weaknesses. Fathers without fathers of their own. But Lord, give them the strength they need in you. To let go of what is behind them. And to press on. And move forward to what's ahead. Help them, Father, to put you first always. And to fight for what matters most. And change their focus. In the name of Jesus, and no other name, by the power of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May the Lord give you strength like no other. May the Lord give you wisdom. 
patience, courage. And may the Lord fight for you the battle that you're in right now. And by the power of God, may the Lord restore and recover what the enemy has stolen from your life. Let's all stand and pray together. Father, I thank you for every man, every woman, every child, every single mom here taking on the responsibilities, trying to fight for their kids. Give her the strength as well. As a church, Father, those that are waiting to be fathers, those that are waiting to have their home of their own and a spouse of their own and kids of their own, Father, give them the strength to be patient and wait. Father, those who are in battles right now that they need your strength, fight for them as we put you first again. We thank you for Sunday morning. We thank you for this service. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great weekend. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. I remind you guys, next Sunday is an amazing message you're not going to want to miss. Have a great afternoon and happy Father's Day.